Hi, this is Tom from the Happiness Quotient. Thank you for dropping by. You are one of my favorite listeners because if you're listening to this episode, you're hearing it before we changed our name to the Happiness Quotient. Just so you won't be surprised when you listen, you'll hear me talk about Baker Street with Tom Pollard. Believe me, you are in the right place. We've changed our name, but the excellence of the podcast just keeps getting better. Before we get to the episode, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe wherever you're listening, and I hope you'll visit my Patreon page for exclusive content at patreon.com slash thehappinessquotient, and take a look at my YouTube page of the same name, where there are many Everest and music-related episodes, adventure-related podcast elements that can't be found here on the podcast itself. Thanks for being here. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave me a review, a rating, and share it with someone you care about. Now, on with the show. Well, we're here again. You know where we are. You know why we're here. You know what we're doing. We're doing what we always do. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming to the show. And we hope you all can survive our little journey. (laughs) This is an episode about hope. And heaven knows we could use some nowadays. I don't know if any of you have looked into the night sky lately. And I'm coming from a perspective of the Northern Hemisphere, where one of the most conspicuous of the Northern constellations rises and falls each night. The constellation I'm talking about is Ursa Major, which is situated near the North Pole of the heavens, containing the stars that form the Big Dipper, also known as the Great Bear. And in a light show that won't happen again, here on planet Earth at least, for another 6,800 years, we are able to witness the passage of a comet known as Neowise. A great name for this day and age. Neowise is visible to the naked eye beneath that most conspicuous of constellations, the Big Dipper. And that's why I'm mentioning the Big Dipper, because just about anybody who has ever looked into the stars at night in the Northern Hemisphere knows how to find the Big Dipper. Look to the lower left of the bottom star before too long, before the end of July 2020, and you too can see Neowise. This comet, Neowise, like any amateur astronomer knows, was formed during the creation of our solar system eons ago, making the time frame of the age of the dinosaurs, for instance, seem pretty trivial in terms of distance or span. As the inhabitants of the planet Earth struggle for existence, searching for some semblance of meaning in a world engulfed in strife, where humanoids of different colors and tribes argue over a leader or who will become leader, both of whom will all be but forgotten in the general timeline of a universe, a tiny blip, a grain of sand on a beach in an ocean, in a constellation of expanding solar systems over all of time. Yet we, as individuals, struggle still, most times unaware of our own insignificance in a vastitude of existence so large that measuring it would only trivialize 
its immeasurable breadth and width and depth and expansiveness. Looking up at Neowise last night, I was reminded of a time when I had opened my heart to someone, back in a time when I was younger, more innocent, ignorant perhaps. Someone had asked me for a place in my world, and I hesitatingly, willingly acquiesced. But then, after only a short time, weeks actually, in all my two youthful years of existence, began to experience the reality of a ticking time bomb that was silently brewing, where I had offered safety and warmth and nourishment of the soul, unconditional love, this friend began to show a malevolence of the likes I had never before experienced. Little did I know that I had offered safe harbor to a veritable disease, disease not unlike COVID, wherein the virus spews its virile sickness wherever there is a breath, many escaping the choking and oppressive symptom of a disease that clogs the lungs and ultimately the very life breath of the unsuspecting. Yet some are not so lucky. I had opened my world to someone, and when the time was right, when I least expected it, me having prepared a warm and welcoming world, reserved only for my inner circle of family and friends, an evil erupted upon me in a violent, putrid display of anger, fueled by nothing but malevolence. Seeing into the eyes of rage and malevolence shocked me. It was like a giant open palm had slapped me across the face of my entire existence forcing me to see the world outside the sphere inside which I had been floating. And for that, I feel gratitude. The kind of thing has become clear now that simply recognizing the artificiality of something... Yes, I was reminded of that experience when looking up to Neowise, the comet, because I became overwhelmed with the distinct reality that our time here is short. It's something that every... 16, 17, or 18-year-old kid feels when he or she looks up at the stars on his back or her back in the evening, whittling the hours away. There's little time to waste. And for me, at least, as a speck, as an individual inhabitant of this tiny planet floating in a sea of endlessness, I feel as though I can only survive if I go deep into my heart, my soul, and touch the hand of God, if you will, of source, and know that I and all my other 7.8 billion brothers and sisters on earth come from a place of love, pure love, and light, all-knowingness. So today, in Season 2, Episode 13, I'm going to share with you some wise words about malevolence and why you should look out for it. The music we are listening to comes from the Free Music Archive, and this is a band called Fork in the Blender, off an album called Training Bra Sweat. (laughs) 
I can't help it if some are offended by the actual name of the album. These guys make damn good music, though, and I love it. They're an experimental pop band, and you can find out more about them at comfortstand.com. Everybody needs free music, and this is my offering to you today on this, the non-monetized, comes-to-you-for-free podcast known as Baker Street with Tom Pollard. And now before I move into the theme of this episode, I want to thank all of my listeners around the world that have helped Baker Street with Tom Pollard move up in the charts. In the United States, in the documentary category, we reached into the top 150, the top 100 in Great Britain, Northern Ireland, Canada, Australia. I'm honored and blessed to have you along for the ride. There are literally over 1 million podcasts in the world, and you are here listening to me. That is absolutely mind-boggling. I'm honored. Thank you for being here. Let's keep it going. Let's get on with the episode. I want to start by saying these important words. Do not believe a word I say. Don't believe a word anyone says. Not a podcaster, not a preacher, not a guru, not a mystic, not a pop star or athlete. Many have heard the saying that the last place one should go to find Jesus is inside a church. When you hear something, words that someone claims to be truths, well, We must not just patently believe them. We must go into our own hearts to see if those words serve our highest purpose and calling. Remember, we are all of one source, which is pure love. When we go into our hearts to determine if something is true or right or love, as opposed to falsehood or lies or fear, our heart will immediately tell us, immediately. There's no quibbling with one's heart. For it is where truth lives. But, you see, what happens is that the word isn't always so simple or cut and dry. I mean, think about it. I woke up to some news this morning on my iPhone, my little computer that I hold in my hand, and I read about 13 nuns in a single convent who died of COVID-19, 12 of them in one month. I read about federal agents, or so we're told, pulling up in unmarked vans in Portland, Oregon, who were filmed whisking away nonviolent protesters, in some cases brutally beating individuals who posed absolutely no threat other than their mere presence. I've witnessed an actual son of a sitting president attacking a man who chooses to run against him as incompetent and senile. A man who has done nothing other than just choose to run for president, whom, by the way, you can choose to vote for or not, November 3rd in the United States. The confusion and mixed messages of a media that was once trusted and beholden to the truth now has gone completely insane. 
it's made it really difficult for individuals to use discernment to filter through the blast of radio waves coming at them and ask if what we are hearing serves our higher self. In a moment of silence, far from the maddening chaos of a world mired in vicious 24-hour news, choose love, not fear. I mean, you'd think we'd evolved as a human race since the last time Neowise visited this planet. Well, that was thousands and thousands of years ago. We were probably walking around with clubs and beating people over the head who had more food than us. But have we really evolved? And today, because of Neowise, at least in one single thing, we can be united in that millions upon millions look upward into the night sky, united in curiosity of a luminescent object moving imperceptibly beneath the constellation known as Ursa Major. It's really interesting to look at the mythology of Ursa Major. It dates back, well, at least we can only surmise into prehistory. It was one of the original 48 constellations listed by Ptolemy in the second century AD. And he lived a full 1300 years before Copernicus, the mathematician, made claim that the solar system didn't in fact revolve around the earth, but that the earth revolved around the sun. Heresy to the church and a movement ensued to quote, stamp out Copernican doctrine. And it was a century or so later that Galileo was found vehemently suspect of heresy by the Catholic Church, primarily for having held the opinion that the sun was basically motionless at the center of the universe and that the earth was not at the center. He was sentenced to formal imprisonment and on the following day, this was commuted to basically house arrest, which he remained under for the rest of his life. Yep, come a long way since Ptolemy first observed Ursa Major. So really, have we evolved? Other than the fact that I can hold a computer in my hand and look at the news? So what's truth? What do you listen to for truth? Who do you listen to for truth? How far have we actually come from the days when the church refused to acknowledge that the earth revolved around the sun? since Socrates was sentenced to death for disagreeing with the political powers asserting their control over a population. Socrates, by the way, was sentenced to death for corrupting the minds of the youth of Athens, for not believing in the gods of the state. Wow. Sound familiar? Socrates was not so much concerned with whether the sun revolved around the earth or vice versa, but really about moral and ethical values of an individual as it relates to society. He talked about discovering and pursuing one's life's purpose, striving to discover who you are, what is your life mission, what are you trying to become, how to care for your soul, how to be a good person who won't be harmed by outside forces. Yep, it was heresy to the government of Athens to free the mind of its youth. Are we doomed to repeat history over and over 
and over? How many more unmarked vans will drive into a peaceful protest and club a man over the head or across the arms or spray pepper spray in his face? Socrates believed that philosophy should achieve practical results for the greater well-being of society. And he attempted to establish an ethical system based on human reason rather than theological doctrine. Virtue as knowledge, which is the ultimate aim of Socrates' philosophical method, it's always ethical. He believed if one knows what the good is, and I'm going to use the word truth there, one will always do what is good. Thus, if one truly understands the meaning of courage, self-control, justice, one will act in a courageous, self-controlled, and just manner. Ah, just like those protesters, earning the scorn of our political demagogues who send unmarked vehicles with masked and armored warriors to deliver beatings and arrests for a disenfranchised populace that would dare have the unmitigated gall to disagree and protest economic or racial division. Do you know what a demagogue is? Listen, mere mortals, for there is much to learn. A demagogue is a political leader who seeks support by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people rather than by using rational argument. Damn, talk about repeating history. Go inside your heart for truth. Do not listen to anyone or anything. Go inside. Let's talk just a little bit more about Socrates for insight into our own selves, into the ethical stagnancy of human society. According to Plato's Apology, Socrates' life as the gadfly of Athens began when his friend asked the oracle at Delphi if anyone were wiser than Socrates. The oracle responded that no one was wiser. Socrates himself believed the oracle's response was not correct because he believed he possessed no wisdom whatsoever. He proceeded to test the riddle by approaching men considered wise by the people of Athens, statesmen, poets, artisans, in order to refute the oracle's pronouncement. Questioning them, however, Socrates concluded, while each man thought he knew a great deal and was wise, in fact, they knew very little and were not wise at all. So Socrates interpreted the meaning of the oracle thus, while so-called wise men thought themselves wise and yet were not, he himself knew he was not wise at all, which paradoxically made him the wiser one since he was the only person aware of his own ignorance. Socrates' paradoxical wisdom made the prominent Athenians he publicly questions look like fools, turning them against him and leading to accusations of wrongdoing. And now, in a show, in a spectacle of the heavens that won't happen again for 6,800 years, we witness a comet known as Neowise continues its journey across the heavens. Are we any wiser than when Socrates walked the streets of Athens? And who knows if the human race will even exist in 6,800 years? 
When we enter this realm of duality at birth, we begin a winding and meandering path of discovery and learning, which, if we have any sense of insight and self-introspection, we see the vicissitudes of life, the ups, the downs, a series of opportunities for growth. Be awake to malevolence in this world, to demagoguery. Be awake to the people around you. Are they looking out for your best interests? Are they willing to have their mind changed in a sharing, an open dialogue of ideas when discovering or discussing past wounds or experiences? If not, they don't belong in your life. So now I'm borrowing from the great Jordan Peterson. The solution to the problem of tragedy and malevolence is the willingness to face them. If you should become aware of it in your life, do it, face it, confront it. If it's living in your home, get rid of it. If it's on your television set, turn the channel. It will feel very good. Be like Socrates. This is Baker Street with Tom Pollard. I love you, and I will see you real soon. If you're still here, thank you for visiting. I hope you'll take a moment to subscribe wherever you're listening, and I hope you'll also visit my Patreon page for exclusive content at patreon.com slash thehappinessquotient, and take a look at my YouTube page of the same name, where there are many Everest and music-related episodes as well as adventure content and interview snippets that can't be found here on the podcast. Thank you for being here. I hope you'll share this, leave me a review, a rating, and come back soon.